the next part is really good too. Where he beats him. Doesn't matter, it's in the past. <laughs> oh, you're watching that a lot. <laughs> Great movie. Okay, stay close. Stay close, because we want to talk about this now. What would cause a lion to eat grubs? Lions are carnivorous, and he's eating grubs in the forest. Why? He doesn't know who he is. He, he was not walking into his appointed destiny. Why not? He believed a lie. What was the lie? Okay. So Scar, Scar convinced him that he was responsible, and so he lived with guilt and shame, and instead of walking into his God-appointed destiny, he was uh, lazy and just eating grubs in the forest and having a good time. The princess came, I forget her name. Okay, to try to convince him. Love called him back. And he refused until his father said, remember who you are. That's a statement of identity. It's not a statement of destiny. Identity drives destiny. Say that. You won't walk into your, your, your destiny with a skewed identity. The most important two pictures that you can have are your picture of God and your picture of yourself. It's God who gives you a proper identity. How how is our identity shaped? What do you want me to do? Put this on here. On my mouth. I'll put it on my mouth. And then you can all sure I can do that. Okay, how is our identity shaped in life? Okay, how many found a sense of value and worth in your family? Raise your hand if you did. How many struggled with their identity because you didn't find that sense of value and worth? As many didn't as did. That's sad. What, how else do we find our identity in life? Okay, that can help us to, to be confident. Accomplishments, anything else? Mm-hmm. What we have can give us addictions, friends. Where if we don't find it at home, we may find it in other people, might find it in a gang, might find identity, a sense of belonging. And so, teacher, that becomes who we are. So I met this camp last week. And they asked me to speak to the youth, and they said, what do you want me to speak on? And uh, he said at first, well, Thanksgiving, but then he said, why don't you speak on identity? So I showed them this, and then here's what I asked them. And it was very moving for me, and it was moving for all the kids. I said, I want you to tell me what lies you are embracing now.
as a result of a identity that is shaky. And I said, we'll start with you because you're right. There was a girl right in front of me. They were all sitting on the floor together. I said, move in so you can see this. And I said, stay where you are. We're going to just sit right here. So there are 20 of them. And I asked her, I said, do you have any lies that you're believing? And here's what she said. Uh, 15, uh, 13 to 20. I am afraid that I'm not beautiful enough to get married. She said this to the whole group. I'm afraid that I won't be married. And I said, you believe that? She said, yeah. I'd seen her during at the camp. Delightful girl. And then she just cried. So I hugged her. I said, you're beautiful. But now she may not believe that. She may. Yeah. So let that settle in. I, the guy right next to her, I said, uh, any lies that you're believing? And he said, uh, yeah, that I'm good enough. I said, you weren't affirmed as a child? He said, yeah, I was. But I, I don't know if I'm good enough. Good enough to make it? Good enough to succeed? Just good enough. And he was fighting back the tears. He didn't let him go, but he got choked up. He was fighting back the tears. She was still crying. So the girl right next to me over here, her name was Hannah. And I, I said, do you have any lies? And she said, I am not worth it. I feel abandoned. That's what the first three I asked. Her dad dropped dead when she was 14, and she checked out of life, began to cross the line. She'd come back from crossing the line. She was 18 now, but she said she feels abandoned. And if you feel abandoned, you're going to telegraph that. If any of you here feel abandoned, then, then it, in order not to risk it, you'll probably reject others before they reject you. You get a strategy so that, that you can cope with your, with your misery. So I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get in groups of two. Guys with guys, girls with girls. And I want you to share any of the lies, because we only had time for three. There were 17, and we would have heard a lot of the same, wouldn't we? I mean, we, it's different ones, but we would have heard lies. I said, I want you to share the lie, and then the other person is going to pray into that. 
I said, it won't happen in one sitting. It'll take probably at least three weeks, if not more. And if you fight for it full on for three weeks, you can change a, uh, a way of thinking. But it, it probably won't happen overnight. Now, God's done that. God's, God just rescued some people, and overnight it's happened. So it's not that I lack the faith for it because I've seen it. But typically it takes uh, a renewal of your mind that your willingness to fight for it and to believe the truth even when you don't see it in your own life. And so I'm going to connect this Hannah and her brother's Joe. Joe, her brother is uh, two years older than her. He was 20. And I didn't ask him because I'd already talked to him earlier. Joe was an honor student until his dad died. When his dad died, he got straight S. He checked out because how could that happen? Why did that happen? And he felt worthless after that. And he wasn't even that close to his dad. His dad and mom had already divorced. But that significant experience turned him from some truth to lies. So start thinking about it. I just want to talk a little bit about identity. And then we're going to break up into small groups, maybe one-on-one or one-on-two. And don't worry, if, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. No one has to share what's in their heart. But they all did it, at least to some degree. And I was really impressed how the groups went last week. I said, you know, it didn't take five minutes or what. And I came back 30 minutes later, and most of the groups were still meeting. There's something about a small group. There's something about vulnerability in a safe place that releases grace and power to you. And so that's what I would encourage of you, that if you can do that today with someone else, that you can do it. So I'm going to end up by having you talk about any lies that you believe. I know I have had them, and I'm working through lies. So I suspect that you have them as well. So... Before Simba ever heard his father say, remember who you are, I heard that I don't know how many times. My father never said to me, you be in by 12. Now, I have said that, so I'm not saying if you're a dad and you said that or if you're a kid and you heard that, it was wrong because I don't think it is wrong. But my father chose to do it a different way. He said, remember who you are. Somehow he was speaking to identity. Somehow he understood that if a person knows his or her identity, they will walk into their destiny. If we as parents focus only on the behavior, we will not get the behavior we hope for. If we focus on identity, behavior naturally follows. say to us? He said he said a statement of identity before he said a statement of, of uh, destiny. What do you say? You are. That's identity. If he had said let your light so shine before men before he said you are, that would have been tough. 
Ever seen anybody try to shine? Sometimes Christians try. You know, that's hard. If you don't know your identity and you're trying to walk in your destiny, you're trying to witness to people, or trying to be this good Christian. I tried that for years. And that's frustrating. I used to cry myself to sleep at night as a high school person. I remember doing that, doing that several times because I knew there was some power available. I didn't have it. I couldn't witness to my friends. They knew I was different. Maybe weird would be another word for it. <laughs> they knew I was different, and they respected me, but I didn't have any ability to connect with them and connect them to a living God. I didn't have the power. After my dad and mom died, I talked to my sisters, and we said, what did dad mean? What did, what did, what did you think my dad meant? We decided that he meant two things. You're an Anderson. Live like it. More than that, you're a child of God. Live like it. But he didn't have to say the live part. He just called us to our identity. And by God's grace, the family loves Jesus. Paul understood this before he said, I, I urge you, therefore, to walk worthy of the calling to which you've been called. He gives us three chapters and tells us who we are before he tells us how we're to behave. Now, there's a point at which we need for, for little kids. Don't walk in the street. Don't pick your nose. Don't, uh, uh, you know, we, we need to lay down rules, commands. But at some point, that needs to change so that we are shaping an identity, not simply behavior. Because only to focus on behavior ultimately will bring us under the law rather than under grace. But calling people by love, by affirmation to an identity. Remember who you are. Remember you're God's child. That's who you are. That's what you're called to. Then you can live out your identity. Simba had that as a little lion. And he knew who was, he played with his dad. It's just a great movie and they had a wonderful relationship father and son but then when dad died and scar convinced him as he's convinced some of us he convinced this guy that he wasn't good enough fine young man who's who's living daily with the struggle i'm not good enough and a girl living with the struggle i wonder if i have a future because i'm not Pretty enough. I, I said to her what Mark Herringshaw once said at, a, at the Holy Spirit conference. He said, every, uh, every girl is beautiful, not to everybody, but to somebody. Nobody's beautiful to everybody, but everybody's beautiful to somebody. And okay, that God. would be Tennyson, Thank you. Yeah. That goes the other way around as well. Yeah. Right. That's a good point, honey. <laughs> well taken. That 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 God created us so that we could we could uh, m match up. So <clears throat> we haven't always focused on identity. We tend to focus more on behavior, more on where we're going, or what we're, call we're called to. But if we if we come to an understanding of our true identity. If it hasn't come from 
family. It needs to come from brothers and sisters and especially from the word of God. Let's just ha take a moment. We won't take a long time, but uh, two or three of you, just share a lie that you have battled with and you want to get beyond. That's that that has created a skewed identity. You're on your own, and and which means nobody to help me. How'd you get that? You were on your own. So th mm. Wow. And so how is that? Are you coming? Are you getting healed of that, Charlie? Wow. Wow. You're not on your own then. you got a wife. Yeah. Good. Good. Thank you for sharing that. Let me say share something real interesting about identity that in the Bible names are really important. And they are so important that God would change a name if someone's identity changed. They would change the name to conform to the new identity. Who can you think of that, that was? Pardon? Okay. I, Israel now. Because he, he wrestled. Saw, he became a prince. Sar in, is, in uh, Hebrew. Israel. Uh, wrestle. And Israel with God. Elohim. So wrestled, Jacob became an Israel. So what other, who else? Ab I heard Abram, Abraham. What does Abram mean? Avram. It means, it means ex father, uh, exalted father. What does Avraham mean? Was he? Was he at the time? So when she called him to dinner... Abraham, it's time to eat. She was either mocking his destiny or calling him into it. He had to believe. And it says, Abraham believed God. When he looked up at the sky and thought, oh my, there are a lot of stars. There are at least 5,000 of them. That's how many he could see. He couldn't see more than 5,000. What he didn't know is that there are trillions. And he believed, in, he believed in the one who was calling him and said, you're going to be a father. He's over 90 years old, and he believed. So you need to believe your, your identity to walk in your destiny. The, the greatest one is what the angel said to Mary. What would she say? You shall call his name 
Jesus because he will save. They picked the name because that was his identity. He's a redeemer. And he will, his destiny is he will save people. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you have either have or had nicknames? Raise your hand if you can remember a nickname. How many of you that have those nicknames was the nickname a little demeaning or a little embarrassing? Oftentimes, nicknames are named by people who aren't our best friends or either are or you see something and they're going to, you know, they're going to call us Dumbo or, you know, Skinny or uh, a friend of mine, he was called Ichabod because he was tall and gangly and still is and he's 50 years old. I said, does that, does that still affect you? He said, yeah, it does. It hurts. So, that's a name is an identity. A name is a is who you are. And if you get a nickname that that puts you down, <coughs> we had a lady in our church, Jean Hahn, straight A student, but because her brothers called her dummy, that's how she felt. See, this is the truth about identity. If you're taking notes, write this down. Perception is reality. Reality is not reality. It's what you perceive. That is your reality. For instance, what does the elder brother perceive about his father? What it, how would he describe his father? Harsh? Stingy? How else? Any, anything else? Yes. Okay. Did he ever call him father when you read the story? You know what he called him? He called him, look, look, all these years I have slayed for you, never disobeyed your command. You never gave me anything. Stingy. His perception is reality. That's what he experienced. What you perceive God to be is what you're going to get from God. If you perceive God to be stingy, that's what you're going to get. How did the prodigal, how did the prodigal see his dad, after he came back. After he came back, the prodigal. Forgiving, providing. He's extravagant. He pours it on. He keeps pouring on. He wonders, what, what's going on here? I, I was willing to be a slave, and now he's treating me. Everything I wanted in the far country, I'm getting now. I wanted a party. I, I'm getting one now. I wanted fancy clothes. What did I leave for? So... Your perception is what you get. So it's really your picture of God and of yourself is so important. If you see yourself as an idiot, an idiot is how you act. If you see yourself as dirt, that's why when I talk to guys and they're struggling with porn, I don't start by saying, get over it, man. I start by saying, that's not who you are. If they're a child of God, I said, that's not who you are. This isn't you. What are you doing this for? This is not who you are. You are holy. If as soon as a person begins to think they're dirty, dirty is the way they'll live. And so we have to be careful when we exhort people 
that we we don't tamper with our identity. Sometimes we need to admonish them and hit them hard. That's that's important. We need to come in with the truth. But truth without grace is brittle. Grace without truth is sentimental. We need both. So, truth without grace is brittle, and grace without truth, which is what you get in many churches these days. You get a therapeutic gospel from a nice God who loves us and can't handle us. And just, okay, let's live mediocre. There's no standard because God likes us and he just wants to help us and he's, he is going to counsel us for the next 30 years and we'll probably never give over things, but <laughs> he's, he's a nice God. He's really nice. doesn't conform to the word of God, but it sounds good and that's what some people want. They, they just want to be so. Okay, somebody else. Charlie, thank you for sharing. Anybody else want to share a lie that, that you're struggling to get beyond? Yeah, from Chris. Old, from an older guy um, that I'm not capable of my calling. Mm. Um, it, it, the, my name in Greek, um, in Greece, Christos, they, um, the other way is Christos. They, they don't say it twice in there. They, it's a, if you have a personal name, they, they have, they'll change the family. Did you feel it growing up? Yes, yeah, and that's, it, it started in the 90s mm -hmm. and, and, and we were going through it. And so here's a guy, you know, and I think it's, and, and then I'm going to get, I'm going to have kids, you know, so that, and then now, you know, you know, what I see is what I become. Yeah. So I don't understand. Anybody else feel that? What he, anybody else struggle with, with that? I just, I, I can't do it. It's too far. Impossible. One more. One more person. Somebody else wanna wanna share? And yeah, Anna Rosa. How long have you felt that? Really. doesn't help to have a struggling marriage to, for your image, does it? Sorry to hear that. 
That's sad. After we have the small groups, those of you that want extended prayer, you look us up. Look uh, I or uh, my wife or the Alex's, Bill and Margaret, people that are here. We'd like to, we'd like to pray with you. And I wanted to add just quickly. How are we, yeah. I discovered a scripture a few, few years back that surprised me uh, because, of course, you know, we, we kind of know this in our minds. The Lord knows everything. He knows our hearts. And then I came across this, and I've loved it ever since so much from 1 John 3. This, then, is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. We can set our hearts at rest in his presence. Whenever our hearts condemn us. Do you hear that? It says whenever. It doesn't say if. If your hearts whenever so the lord knows whenever so lord um as your word says here whenever our hearts condemn us for god is greater than our hearts and he knows everything father you are greater than our hearts you are greater than our hearts so we don't listen to our hearts we don't listen to the lies of our hearts you created our hearts you know everything we're thinking and what we're feeling you know about it all. And we look to you, as we've been encouraged today, we look to you today to hear the truth. We say no to the lies, no to the enemy who would throw those darts. And we know that we can put our hearts at rest in your presence because you do that protecting. You protect us, Father, from lies. And thank you, Father, for your truth that we can stand on. Amen. First John three, and uh, yeah, I, I I grew up uh, on the mission field, and I lived in a dormitory since I was ten, and so there were times that the enemy did big time bring me lies of, well, you know, you were sent away for crying out loud. Is that what my parents did? Of course not. <laughs> no, this is what the mission to do and God did take care of me but when I listened to lies well then then you know then <laughs> you know and and sometimes you bury you bury things in your heart I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine <laughs> all of a sudden and someone asks you a question you realize oh okay I do need healing I I do need to look to the Lord and say thank you father that the enemy condemns and you don't, and you're in charge, you're on the throne, and I belong to you. Hallelujah. So here's what we're going to do. Break into, it could be one and one, or it could be a three in a group, but I'd say no more than that. Kids, you do it as well, because I had these kids do it. Some of them were your age, and they did great. And the time frame is up to you. 
It's 11.33. We usually quit about 10 to 12 or 12 o'clock. You can go for five minutes. You can go for 30 minutes. Feel free. I'm going to pray over you now, and then uh, just give it a try and see how it goes. So uh, you can ask somebody. You can wait till somebody asks you, but at some point then you want to have either two or three and what you're doing is sharing any lies that you have struggled with that you want to put to put to rest. Now, here's the deal. The reason I shared this, we're in a series on love one another. You know what our responsibility is? It's to it's to help Anna Rosa believe that she's of great value. To help Charlie know that he's not isolated. How do we do that? Talk to him. Sit down with him. How do we, how do we help Chris know he's, he can do it? Well, one way is when he does do it, say, way to go. <laughs> when Bob leaves worship, way to go, Bob. How, to, any way we can build affirmation into people, we get beat up enough out there. So let's hope in the body of Christ that what we mainly give one another is affirmation. So uh, you're going to share a lot. If you don't want it, that's okay. You don't have to do this. You're not being compelled to do this. You're being encouraged. And what they have done for us is that they have helped us to be vulnerable because they were vulnerable. Vulnerability releases grace. Authentic vulnerability. When it's real as it is here, it releases grace and atmosphere. You've been in a place where that's happened, where someone just gets honest and everybody else is pretending, and you know, but you know, and then someone releases grace by their vulnerability, and that gives us the strength to be vulnerable. So I bless you with coming into a true identity in God. Understanding that you are chosen. Choice implies value. Choice implies worth. It implies selectivity. That a sovereign God has chosen you and gives you great value. That he's got a calling on your life. He's got a destiny that, that goes out of your identity. And he's calling you into it so that you can fulfill what he's given you uniquely to do in this world. And the more you embrace who you are, the more you are enabled to walk into who you're called to be. So I release you now to a time. You can move around. You can go upstairs. You can go outside. There's no potluck today, but just hang. You, you go when you need to, but hang as long as you want. And then after you've had your small group, if there if there's more that you want prayer over, you you get it. It's legal to get more than one prayer. When I went to Toronto, uh, brought ten leaders with me. I walked. I wanted to get my money's worth because it cost four hundred dollars for the trip. So I would go to this side for prayer ministry, then I'd walk around here and hope that they didn't see me. I went to the other side, and then I walked back, and then I go to the middle. Here he comes again. <laughs> I think I've seen you before. 
Well, I, I was needy as I am today. So are you. So, okay. Go ahead. Find, find somebody, a group that you're comfortable in, small group, 